I was so glad y'all are here and y'all said yes <laughs> when I asked you to um, share your journey with us. And so we're just going to start off a little lighthearted. And so tell tell me about your super your family superhero identities. Who wants to? All right. Um. Well. Um. I mean, mom's mom's the the biggest one. She she's Wonder Woman, because she is just fantastic. Kelly, do you want to say who you are? All right. So I am Supergirl. Um, I guess because I don't know, I kind of look like her. Do you? Know, you? In disguise. Cool. In disguise. And so since they were really little, and any kids in here, you you may have this. You know, parents have nicknames, right? Well, they were our Wonder Kids, and they still are. So we just call Boy Wonder, Girl Wonder, Wonder Kids. We just have always done that. And, and um, I've had people ask me when they were little why you do that. And I'm like, oh, have you ever been around them? Because if you did, you would know why we call them that. But um, Colby in particular, when he was little, was a little rambunctious. <coughs> there are several people in here that knew him when he was little and can vouch to that. And so we used to actually even think that he was a little bit like Dash on The Incredibles because he just ran wherever he wanted to all the time. So... I'm really sad I used to have the Jeep, and it used to be the Wonder Jeep, but then I traded it in for a Camry. Who does that? That's so sad. Adult things. <laughs> but, yeah, it was pretty awesome with Wonder Woman on the back. It was our, our Wonder Jeep, and we've tried to call it the Wonder Camry, but it just doesn't quite have the same ring to it as the Wonder Jeep, so it never really made. So. <laughs> we also tried the Wonder Sedan. didn't work either. No. <laughs> You'll come up with something, I'm sure. Okay, so let's see. So I guess we'll start with Callie. Direct question to you. How have you seen God direct your path? Um, well, in school, I guess, like, there's a... I don't know. There, there's um, kids, I guess, that maybe, I don't know, don't do stuff that they should. And I feel like he's made sure, he's um, made sure that I stay with people I need to stay with. And also, um, with basketball, he's put people in my life through that, that like have helped me through hard times. important huh mm -hmm. to have good people on your side mm -hmm. I like that um, Colby what obstacles or challenges do you face as a high schooler and how has trusting God helped you navigate those um, well I guess two of the biggest things in high school that have been a challenge for me is like number one like scheduling like I've got a billion different things going on and sometimes you have to pick which one you're going to go to which night, like how are you going to make it all happen. 
And I really think that God has kind of helped me navigate that because I can trust that, you know, like, even though I may have to choose to do one thing over the other sometime, He's going to help me make the right choice and He's going to help me be where I really need to be. So the things that are, that I really need to be doing that are His plan for me, I, I can just trust that He's going to help me and just naturally, you know, be drawn towards those things. Um, the other thing that I would say would be a struggle is that, like, me and most of the other kids at school um, end up butting heads a lot because uh, we don't really live the same way, you know? I don't go around cussing or uh, smoking, so I'm a little different than most high schoolers in that regard. So, um, you know, I just trust in God that I'm going to find the friends that I need to find and I'm going to meet the people I need to meet and that it doesn't really matter whether or not, you know, the jerk that came to school high that day liked me because um, I don't care. And I just trust in God that uh, that he'll just uh, use me to help people, but also that he'll make sure that I do have people that will, you know, have my back at school too. Um, was there, back to, I'm going to ask another question about what you just said. Is there like a specific time that you can think of where you had a choice to make and you didn't really know which, which place you were going to go that night? And did you see God maybe in that place once you got there and realized, oh, this is where I was supposed to be? Or, um, Well, I don't know, like, there's like a specific place that I have to think about what I'm going to do, but... A lot of times in the locker room, I have to, you know, people will be, like, cussing at me or getting on to me about something I did out there, and I have to decide whether or not I'm going to say something back, you know, fire back to whatever they're saying at me, or if I'm just going to, you know, like, trust in God that, you know, hey, it's going to be okay. You don't have to make them feel bad just because they're trying to make you feel bad. Like, just let it roll off. So, a lot of the times, that's a, that's a choice I have to make, and that's a... That's the thing I have to trust in God about. Okay, that's good. Amber. Um, so for the parents in here, tell us about your kids, their freedom of choice, and their responsibility that has increased with their age. Well, I see that there's some parents out here that could give me advice on this, so I'm not giving any advice. And, you know, we're doing a wayfinding series, and so <clears throat> that that would seem to indicate that we're still finding our way. <laughs> so this is like a real messy process over here. So my other fellow people in the middle of the process, um, you know, I, I think I've always appreciated with my own parents that they allowed me a choice to some degree. And I, I had a story that really impacted me as a child, oh, eighth grader, my mom, <clears throat> you know, did really didn't want me to go to a school dance. And she said, you know what, you're old enough to decide for yourself, so go to your room and pray, and whatever you feel like you should do, I'll, you can do, right? So I said, okay. And, and I went, and I prayed, and I really kind of didn't feel like it was okay, but I went ahead and told her it was okay, you know, type of thing. Like, maybe I could just make this okay. And uh, maybe I was kind of on the fence, too, of knowing was that God, was that me, or whatever the deal was. And so I went ahead and went to the little dance thing. I mean, I wasn't there for five minutes before. I was at the payphone. We didn't have cell phones. The payphone, actually, calling Mom and telling her to come pick me up. And I learned more in that experience than her telling me, no, you cannot go. And um, I learned a lot as a person, too, in that my mom didn't 
make me feel bad or she didn't do anything um, to say, well, I thought that was God. She just said, okay. And it was kind of like this understanding that, that finding my way with God would be a trial and error. And I might find myself in a situation that I was like, ooh, I need to back my, myself out of this one. And that there was a way to do that and that she would help me. And so that's kind of just what I've tried to do with my kids. As much as it has been appropriate to the level of their understanding to allow for them to make some choices along the way as to what they thought was good for them. <clears throat> and then to kind of like, you know, stick with it and, you know, let them stick it out to, to the best that they could. You know, and there's been times like even Colby talked about, you know, probably sports has been the, the hardest part for him where he kind of finds pushback um, in particular, just his, you know, that particular group of kids in his age group, that's where he's found the biggest pushback. And so there's been times where I've had to be like, okay, well, what are you going to do there? And, you know, do I need to call the coach? Do I need to do this? You know, there, there's, there's a, it gets kind of weird to know what to do and what and how to handle that. And um, to honor his choice. Um, and it has kind of blown up some a little bit along the way. But then, you know what? <clears throat> In one situation I'm thinking of, even last year when it kind of got a little bit too much, you know, Colby handled it. He made me proud in the way he handled it. He went to the coach and he sh and shut the door and he just talked to the coach and told the coach his heart about who he was. And in that moment, by allowing him the freedom to handle that, although I would have handled it much differently, it solidified for him who he was. And he looked at the coach and was able to say, I would rather never play another basketball game than you to think I'm a person with no character. And that worked out great for me because that's what I was hoping he would want to do too because I would rather have a person with character. And so um, I've always tried to facilitate that to the best, you know, even like in schoolwork and different things like that. Um, kind of been like, well, you can do that, but it, you need to know that that needs to work out. And if it doesn't, I mean, my, our motto around the house is, would you like me to get involved in that? <laughs> with a smile <laughs> would you like for me to take care of that and then they know that if they want to continue to have a, they have a lot of freedom actually if they'd like to operate in that freedom then it needs to continue to work out good for all of us and so that's kind of how I, I kind of do things around the house but I, I think also it's because that's what God does to us like I've always been so lucky to have like a really awesome relationship with God at a young age so if you're a kid in here like we don't like adults don't have a corner on the market of having a relationship with God and because I was young and I knew God's voice it has always really helped me and so um I always try to like God has always given me the freedom to choose and to do things and to have a relationship with him and so I've always tried to model that with my children because I really like that God does that, that he allows me my choice and lets me do the things I like to do and in that it's like nothing is, you know, against the law, so to speak, with God, although it feels that way sometimes. It's not really how he operates. And um, so I don't want to be a person that operates that way either. But. Have you ever um, watched one of them make a wrong choice and kind of watch watch it unfold and have to intervene or yeah I mean and it went, one of the main places was with Colby in, in sports just even last year but I didn't really see him make a wrong choice it was just more like I had to let him handle it 
wasn't necessarily they did anything wrong. And like I don't I can't really say that I can think of my children ever doing anything um, necessarily wrong, so to speak, but there definitely have been times when they've made a decision that I didn't agree with that I kind of had to just let it play out some and um, maybe come alongside of. Yeah, like sometimes when she was like, yeah, I don't think that's the best idea, but okay. I mean, like waiting until the day before, you know, whatever project is due to finish it. She's like, hey, you should do that now. And I'm like, I don't really want to. She's like, well, it's not a very good idea, but okay. As a parent, what has been your biggest tool in helping your children understand God? The biggest tool is identity. <clears throat> and anyone that has as a parent in here would know the biggest thing that you can do is to know your child and speak it over them. And to use other people, like I can even see people in this room that have spoken into my children's life, that it just becomes this big group of people remi reminding them, this is who you are, this is who you are, this is who you are. Oh, get up there, you're good. This is who you are, go out and play again. You really do need to know who your children are. You need to be the 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 anchor for them, and interestingly enough, when you when you are able to do that, they will be an anchor for you. Especially the older they get, so like I'm now enjoying not having to take a diaper bag around anymore, all that stuff you know that you have to do when they're younger, and it starts becoming um, over time. And f f I don't know how all this works because I'm not there yet. So, but well, I'm not over them; they're beside me. They become my peer at some point. We're not completely there. You are not my peer yet, but we will get there. And um, and when that, but but even now, like both of them have the right to speak into my life and I into theirs. And so, just that identity piece of them knowing who they are, me speaking it to them every single day. My dad did that for me. There was not a day I can remember that he didn't tell me that I was special, called out, and anointed to do you know great and mighty things. And and that those words always came back to my head when I was going through a hard time even as an adult. So I think even having a tagline that you can say to your children all the time, like, you know, all, that it, it, it never changes. You know, like even like Boy Wonder or something like that, or Callie Joy, you're my beautiful one who brings joy to everyone. You know, you make everything beautiful. There are certain things that God has spoken to me that I speak to them as often as I can. How do y'all foster spiritual life in your home? Um, I guess um, it's it's almost it's really a daily thing with us. Like you know, anytime any of us is making a decision or like trying to figure out what we're gonna do, whether it's big or small, it's kind of like, well, I mean, you know, just pray about it, think about it, and like you know, see what what God says, what you think God says about that. But um, beyond that, there are sometimes whenever we have like specific times where we'll do, where we'll listen to some worship music, or we'll do some contemplative prayer or something like that. So it's both like a day-to-day -day thing, and then it's like a specific like we're making time to listen to God thing. It's kind of both ways. Um. Well, a lot of times. We're yeah, like he said, it's a daily thing. It's kind of incorporated into what we do on a regular basis. Like, even just watching TV, I know that 
some of my friends would watch something that I would not watch. And like, even just that, watching TV as a family, we were mindful of everything that goes on in a TV show. I think we just, it's all the time. And um, I think you model spirituality by how you live it. So like, if if I'm doing something where I'm helping someone or I'm teaching a class or I'm, I share that with them to whatever level I can. And um, like if I mess up at work and I'm like, okay, so listen, this is what happened to work today. I probably should have done this, but I did this. What do you guys think? What would you think God would think about that? Or my heart's not right here. I probably should get it right here. I mean, it's like a daily, like, I don't know if there's a time ever that it goes by that it's not kind of like, well, what do you think about that? Is that okay? Is that right? Is that okay for me to do that? And so it's just, it's like never, it never really leaves our conversation ever. <laughs> There's no break from it. It's not like we only do this at, at church or something like that. Okay, so you answered my next question. How do you model spirituality? So thank you. Um, so I was going to ask you all, how do you foster your healthy and honest communication? Because sometimes that's hard for people to, to say whatever they want to say to their mom or, you know, how do you all... I think the biggest thing that my mom does that makes it to her, like, no matter what I say, like, no matter what's happening that I know I can tell her, is that, like, regardless of what I tell her, she never acts, like, surprised or, like, even though sometimes, like, I know she is or, like, she never acts, like, mad or, like, even disappointed or anything. It's She's always very, like, level-headed about it. She's always very, like okay, well, like, why did you do that? And then, like, okay, well, what what can you do to, to fix that? And what can I do to help you with that? It's never like, okay, well, give me your phone. Go to your room. It's like, it's very, it's, it's like, not that I don't have consequences. It's just that in those consequences, it's always her trying to help me. I'm thinking. That's good, because my facial reactions are terrible. Right, right, children. Yeah. Probably. I'm like, uh, <laughs> what if about I, here? <laughs> if I could give any advice, I think it's probably from lots of years of youth ministry. And also, like, I've been a high school teacher, middle school teacher for 21 years. It is the you, nothing faces me look. Like, I'm not faced at all. I've heard it all before. Even if I haven't, you know, that is like one of the best tools in the toolbox because it's like, like I've heard that a thousand times. So let's just figure out how we're going to work through it. Um, but the other thing is, is sometimes um, we just we just talk. I just go there. I just go there, even when people don't want me to. Callie, <laughs> this week, Callie and I had a fun conversation, and she, see, look, even now she's like. Shh. We just talk. We just do it, and it's just—it's just one of those things where, um, whatever it is, and you know, like at this point, I'm a single mom, which means that you know we are all like, okay, well, she can handle the things with a girl, but then there are things that I've addressed with Colby that I would rather have not addressed. That before going in, I was like, oh my good lord, I'm gonna go there, but he never knew that. I went in like I felt good about this. Like, what's the big deal? I'm a girl, whatever. I know about stuff. 
And it was the idea of, you know, just shoulder back and whatever it is, we're going to talk about it and whatever it is, we're going to deal with it together. That's super important because lots of times we don't talk about things because when we talk about it, then we're going to all know about it. And we'd rather just not like, let's just pretend like we don't know, you know, mm -hmm. and instead, and it, but it does always come down to how can I help you with that and what can we do about that? And we're a team and um, I think also it, it does come down to, is I tell them stuff too. Like, let me tell you the idiotic thing I did today. Let me just tell you what I did. Or I do stupid stuff sometimes and then we laugh about it. Uh, yes, thank you. She just mouthed to me one of the stupider things I've done in my parenting. <laughs> <laughs> this one time, we were at Six Flags. <laughs> to be fair, we were kind of being punks. Well, it was not completely, but it was like really hot, and we were it kind was of being hot, punks. and we okay. were tired. Okay, and so was I, because I had been up before them to get ready for this little Six Flags trip, right? Because we go to Six Flags usually, usually in the summer we go once a week, right? I pack the lunches because we're cheap Six Flags people, okay? So we go to the little park and we eat, and it's a thousand million degrees outside. So I pack the lunches. It's so hot that even. With the ice chest, with the ice in the car, it just, the, you can't really keep anything super cold, right? So the cheese gets a little bit melted. You know that gross kind of yuck cheese, right? You know what I'm talking about. Well, we're all out there. The, the I have gotten the towels. I've gotten the towels out on the table. I mean, I have remembered everything. It is going to be a good lunch. Okay, it's going to be a good lunch. We're all going to enjoy this. And I lay out the stuff, and this guy over here goes, ah, Mom. What's up with this cheese? Like, I made not, it a thousand true. degrees. Not, not true. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's an exaggeration. Okay, I was like, this is kind of gross. This cheese is like soggy, Mom. <laughs> yeah, like it's my fault. It's soggy. So I was like... Well, I didn't go... <laughs> I was like... None of that. I was like, really? Because I got up this morning while you were still sleeping and made it for you. So why don't you shut it and eat it? Okay, and so I'm like, just shut it and eat it. <laughs> and so then I'm going on, and I'm like, oh. Was, shut it and eat it. Yeah, shut it and eat it. I was like, that was horrible. That was so mean. I, if, if we do not talk to, like that in our family, right? So, so I'm like, apologizing so I'm to apologizing me. to Colby. We'll let her say her part. We'll model this for you. So <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, Callie, Colby, I'm really sorry. You can do your part in the middle. Mom, I'm really this sorry. cheese I said, is shut really fine. You shut it and eat it too. I really am sorry that I said that to you. I'm like, in the middle of apologizing, I told her to shut it and eat it and continue my apology all at the same time. And that's just terrible. And we just laughed. And I could have just like felt justified in doing it. And Jerry, you know what I'm saying. You got more kids than I do. You want to tell them to shut it and eat it, right? You tell them. You just say, shut it and eat it. Shut it and eat it. I don't got time for this now. Just shut it and eat it. But we laugh about that all the time. And even now, so the, the point of that is that sometimes when you just laugh at yourself, when there's this, when there's this moment that you can kind of make fun of yourself, and my, uh, the other thing they get, they laugh at me at, is it was really cold one time, and my kids are hot-natured. <laughs> my kids are hot-natured. It was 30 degrees outside. We're going to Walmart. Colby has on shorts, a t-shirt, slides okay. with no socks. This is like at nine in the morning on Christmas break. Okay, I'm not even supposed to be awake. Like I've rolled it was out at of night. I've rolled it was out. That of, night, okay, thank you. whatever. It was at, on Christmas break. Whenever I'm supposed to be laying on the couch watching TV. Okay, and I'm just like going with her for like no reason, just cuts. 
Okay. Again, it is literally 32 degrees outside. There are no socks on. It's shorts. It's a top, a short sleeve. And I'm like, you cannot go like that. He's like, what? What's wrong with this? I'm fine. Look, you have got to either have socks or a jacket. One of the two. I mean, and so now they always laugh at me because they're like, really, mom, socks or a jacket? That's that's the best you got. So they, that's... Of all the things I've ever said about what should be rules in our family and in our lives, the one rule that has stuck is I've got socks on. I don't need a jacket. Or I've got, so- I've got a jacket on, so I don't need socks. But, I mean, that's funny. But the thing is, is family should kind of be like that. Like, I think a good family that can laugh and can joke. And you can realize that, like, we say stupid stuff like that, Jerry, right? Where you're like, listen, you better get socks on or a jacket because I'm not about to take you to Walmart like that. And then you think about it and you're like, well, you probably need socks and a jacket and pants and maybe some gloves. I don't know. But, you know, it's just we, we as parents and children, we are ridiculous at times. So, like, what I would say is the most important thing of, about the, like, open communication thing is that first that your goal as a parent is to, like, help your kid in whatever's, whatever's happening, not to just get mad at them and tell them. Um, but also that the communication, for it to be an open and honest communication, has to go two ways. You can't expect your kids to tell you everything and you tell them nothing. That, that won't work. Because then... You know, your kids might think they can trust you, but they're not sure because they don't because they don't know if you trust them. So it has to be kind of a two-way thing. That's good. I like that. We have our first question from the audience. So your schedule's obviously crazy, right? Basketball all day, every day. Um, do you set aside specific time dedicated to prayer and worship individually or together? And when do you make time to do that? Um, like, we try to do that whenever we can, but definitely we make it a point to do it when, like, um, we miss church because we have basketball or something or we're doing something with our family. And so when we get home that night, even though we have school the next day, and we're really tired, and we're probably going to be grumpy in the morning. <laughs> probably be me. When I say we, I mean me. Okay. Um, yeah, so we try to set aside a time to do Lecto Divino or something and, like, have some quiet time with God. And uh, I think one of our schedules are especially, like, crazy. Um, we try to make sure we have at least some kind of time to kind of, like, slow down for a second even if it's you know we wait a minute and a half before getting out of the car and going in you know like once we're there we just you know hey let's sit here and let this song finish and just worship god for a second before we go in and get ready and go to bed let's make sure we at least have this one minute two minutes to put it to to make sure we've worked god into this not just drive here drive there do this do that One minute here, one minute there. That's good. Um, let's see. Um, Amber, um, how do you allow your kids to find who they are? 
I think Christy one time found a, a shirt that I don't remember what it was. It was something about I'm here because this is what my child loves to do shirt. But basically, I fought like whatever their heart desires to do, I try to foster with my time, with my money, if I have to get a second job, if I have to do whatever I got to do, pray, trust God, whatever those things that are na that naturally drive them, I try to, I try to, I really do try to foster. And some things that, that drive them are awesome because they're the same things that drove me as a child, like basketball or something like that. But then I have this girl here, and she likes a whole bunch of other things like hair and makeup that I, I mean, I do hair and makeup, but not like how she likes it. She's real crafty, and she likes to do those things. And so even trying to foster those things, and, you know, we're so lucky to have Christy and Chris that, that live with us. And um, Callie didn't mention it, but one of the things that she mentioned as far as the way that God has provided for her is with Christy and and um, Chris, and maybe we'll, we'll, she'll mention that again in a second, but... Um, you know, like, I'm praying, and God says, Callie needs a mom for, you know, homecoming. And, you know, those things are expensive to make, and I don't know how to make them, and I'm sure don't want to like YouTube, but, I mean, it's going to take me so long. Like, I can go out there and teach her how to do a left-handed layup, no problem. So I just go, and I just tell Christy, we're going to buy a mom, we're going to do a mom. God says you need a mom. And you know what happens to her face? Lights up. So when you listen to God speak to your heart about your children, and you do it, it's super important to listen to those things. As far as I'm concerned, it's it's important for her to be able to be who she is. And then like even stuff like having a Halloween costume, he could care less. I'm more like that. She wants to have the you know theme, and she's already picked it out. Well, then I'm, let's do it. What are we doing? We're getting sunflowers. Let's do sunflowers. To be involved and to let them express what they're doing you know, I think that is the best thing that we can do because I think God is in that. I think God authentically speaks to us in those ways. And it, it not only speaks, hopefully, to my children, you know, like even this week, all those dress-up days, you know, the Red Ribbon Week. Okay, this guy over here could care less. Zero. None of them. This girl here, it is a bad day if she doesn't have it. And so, you know, at... 12 o'clock at night, we realize she doesn't have what she needs. So she's, you know, or 10 o'clock at night. So by the time I figure out that I can go to the store and get what she needs to do that, I just, if I can, I try to make those things happen, not because they matter to me, but because they matter to her, because it matters for her through the rest of the day. And so that it's an expression of love. It's an expression of who she is. And I think that when I allow for those things to naturally happen, that God will speak to her while making the mom with Christy. God will speak to her while she's doing the Halloween costume. Or God has definitely spoken to my children through basketball and through the amount of time we spend in the car. Like probably the best thing that, that I'll ever get from basketball is the huge amount of hours that they are captivated in my car. And we have to talk. And we do talk and we have fun and we laugh. But um, I think that that's, to me, the most important thing for me. But Again, there's so many people here that have gotten further than me. I'm just doing it like in the moment. But to me, I can't rest. I don't do well within myself if I do not try to honor the things that are them, authentically them, even if it's not me, if that makes sense. Um, also, the other day, my mom asked me, do you want to play on two teams? Because I have my Roy City season that's 
coming up, and um, that means a lot to me. But I also um, was invited to, like, play up on a team that I had played with during the summer. And she asked me, her words were, if you want to play on two teams, I will take you. It's going to be hard on me, but if you want to do it, I'll, I'll make it happen. And so really just having, like, her giving me the choice and letting me know that even though she knows it's going to be hard on her, that she'll do what, like, she'll she'll do what I like because I like it. Yeah, and to that point, I think mom's, like, way of thinking in general about that kind of stuff is if it's something that they truly just want to do within themselves and it's a desire God has put on their heart, then if it is feasible to make happen, uh, she, she's just going to make it happen. Like, whatever the hours is, if it, if it means that her Friday looks like her leaving work and picking me up from basketball practice at 5, then taking Callie to basketball practice at 5.30, taking me to basketball practice at 6, picking me up at 7, dropping me off at the high school to work This is a real thing. This, this is, is a real... This is really, really <laughs> the truth. Dropping me off at the high school at 7 to work the football concession game for my basketball program then picking Callie up at 7.30, coming back and picking me up at 8, then going home. So all she's done is driven in a car from when she gets off at work from at 4.30 to 8 at night. And, and to that point, like, there is a, a, like a spiritual aspect and a thought to that, but also, like, I also come from a point of education because I'm an educator for 20 years, and I know that all research shows, so parents out here, that when your kids are involved in something outside of school, like outside of the schoolwork, all studies show that that is a good thing for them. They stay out of trouble. <laughs> they stay off drugs. They are too busy to do other things they shouldn't be doing. So that is another motivation of mine, is that I've seen that play out over the span of 20 years and have seen, um, it doesn't, that's not a fail-proof plan, but I've definitely seen that that is important. And so that is one of the reasons why um, I try to do those things. And it's important also not to overextend. You know, every family has their places in wayfinding that are not great. And we definitely, the overextension part is probably, a, is, there's no probably, it is definitely a place of needing to get better. So I wouldn't necessarily put us out there as the poster child for, for, for you know, that. But, but definitely we're trying to find our way in that, in that, Thing and it's not always perfect, but we're definitely trying. Okay, I have a question for Callie. What what do you what do you think is important for kids to know about finding their finding their way with God? Maybe something you've learned. Um, I've learned that through the years, there's going to be pressure on you to do things like maybe you don't want to do and like having God as your friend as your best friend actually and consulting him on every choice makes a big deal because he's he's the wisest person you can talk to and he knows every situation and he knows what's going on so like if you just talk to him and you listen um 
more than likely you're going to come out with the best solution for you. That's good for adults too, not just kids. Good. Um, and any of y'all can answer this one. Um, on your journey, how has God, God shown himself to you? Um, I guess I would say that just throughout things, God has shown himself, God just shows himself in so many different ways during different seasons. You know, in one season, he shows himself to you as just this great, super personal father that just listens to everything that's always there. In some seasons, he he's a guy that, you know, you can just pray to and he'll he'll give you the rest you need. He'll give you the the, the sleep, the energy that you need to get through your day. And then in some seasons, he'll show just how huge and incomprehensible he is. But at the same time, that you know that you know that he's this amazing, great father. But then at the same time, you know that you know like nothing about him. So it's just kind of this crazy, almost paradox to me of, of who God is and how he's revealed himself to me throughout things. But, you know, at the same time, it just keeps me every day searching for him. And so I think that's kind of how God has shown me who he is. Um, in my life, like Mom in mentioned earlier, um, and I said it too, he's put specific people in specific seasons of my life when he knew what was going to happen. And, um, yeah. I can't. She's like, what if I cry? I'm like, it's all right. Aunt Shandra cries all the time. It's all right. You get that from your mama? Um, He's put Chris and Christy in my Chris and Christy in my life to um like when my parents got divorced. I don't know that I was really old enough to understand exactly what was happening. And um I just started to realize that I didn't see my dad as much as I did. And um having Chris and Christy there, especially Chris as a father figure really helped and um through basketball I met coach Tommy my Roy City coach um and he's a very very good man um um he he um he's helped me he's been like a big role model to me in that um, not only has he taught me bat, like taught me stuff about basketball, which is one of my favorite things. It's kind of an outlet um, for me, but um, he's also done like like all pro dads is a thing that we do at our school. Oh gosh! And um, since kindergarten, I've seen signs. And papers go home about it. Um, and you come with your dad to um, 
um, a thing before school, and you eat donuts, and you meet other dads and kids about um, just about random anything, everyday stuff, and you talk about stuff. And um, when I saw that come home, I guess, like, I always felt bad because my dad wasn't there to take me to that. And um, this last year was the first time I got to go to that. And Coach Tommy met me there, met me at school, and he took me with him, with him and his daughter, into All Pro Dads. And um, I just felt really loved by him. The interesting thing to that is <coughs> we were driving home on a Sunday night, and someone had met with Colby, like that Colby needed something. I think it might have been even Pastor Jordan had come and got Colby. And she said something like, man, I wish someone would do that for me. And I said, you know, if you ever need that, I'll guarantee you it's going to happen. And that, that next Monday is when Coach Tommy was like, hey, you want to go to an all-pro um, all dad with us on, um, on a Thursday? And so it was just a neat thing that, like, it was another example of God just kind of showing up right when when we wanted him to and when we needed him to. And I'll, I would have to say the same thing, like the thing that God has shown me over and over, I mean, all through my life, but like just the intentionality with my children um, has really been the way that I have really gotten to know the Father's love because there's no better way to love me than to take care of my children. And I have really learned that God has the best people, the, the best people ever, and that somehow he directs them to love on my kids. And even like with Chris and Christy, like it's so weird. I mean, they've been living in our home now for since she was probably three, three. And um, it may seem weird to the outside, but we're like like one big family unit. That's that's how we operate. And um, and it's just an amazing thing the way that God has worked that out and to have such sacrificial people that that love my children is just an amazing thing. Okay, I have some questions texted in. Um, this one's for Amber. It says, as a single parent, how do you see God's provision in your family? And how do you foster relying on God in tough times? Well, that's like a lot. Yeah. Um, bottom line is, every day, I just, God is faithful. I mean, I, I tell my kids to some, to some degree, I mean, not fully, but like, hey, we need this or we need that, or I'm not sure what I'm going to do about that. What do you think about that? It might be something as, as simple as, hey, your knee's kind of tweaked. Do we go to the doctor? What do you think about that? Let's pray about that. I mean, it's constant. We need God to show up. We need God to, to show us what to do, like supernaturally, or like even with finances. You know, there came a point where I was like, okay, I'm in trouble in about two weeks. I got enough here in my reserve for two weeks. God, I need a job, a second job that meets these requirements right here. I need to be able to work from home. I need to be able to work when my children are sleeping. I need not to have to drive anywhere at all. And I, I need for it to be something that I can make a, a, a decent money at. And the very next day, I find out about this online teaching thing where I make about $22 an hour all while my children are sleeping, which ironically means I'm not sleeping when I should be, probably, but that's a whole other issue. Um, but, I mean, like, financial provision has happened time and time again, as well as emotional, as well as whatever is needed, you know? And so 
I mean, after a while, it just starts becoming ridiculous. Like, you're like, especially in the area of finances, like, God, I need something. Either work, and I, my prayer is always the same. I'm not afraid to work, so you can bring me work. You can just bring me money. You can just make, oh, my goodness, we're so sorry, Ms. Orm. We, we charged you too much for your energy the last three months, and so you get the next three months free. I don't care how you do it, but time and time again, it's been something like that. And somehow I've always had what I've needed. And, you know, even with, like, now in the last year or so, having to work um, a second job, you know, even with that, has been so faithful, like, just to give me the strength and the good attitude, and and um, it really has been an awesome thing, um, a provision. And, and um, so I guess, you know, just as a single parent, it just... It constantly feels like maybe when you're always just in that place of having to trust in need, that it's just where you have to live. You don't have a choice. And so from that point of view, and I don't know if that's any different from not being a single parent, honestly. I mean, there are lots of people that are married that are lonely or that feel like a single parent even though they are mar you know, married. But, I mean, if you're in a place of dependence, then you just are, you know. And God has always shown up. He's always been faithful. Okay, I have another one for you. It says, do you, Amber, usually motivate your kids towards something good or away for some, from the not so good? Um, yeah, I try to um, always motivate them. Like, in general, I kind of, like, if we're talking about wayfinding, I have a general area that we're headed towards. So there are lots of times I'm like, uh, that's not it, not that way. And sometimes that's all it takes. I, I motivate, Colby is more motivated by, you like all this freedom you have? You like being able to go to sleep when you want to go to sleep? You like uh, doing this, this, and that? You like not having chores? You like to keep that? It's a good deal you got right now. Then you're going to need to do these things. But this one here, she sometimes is motivated a little bit more by dipping dots or stuff like, see, she's smiling. There's certain things that motivate her. So yeah, I mean, I definitely try to motivate. In general, like I think that when you're a parent, you are the leader. Maybe you didn't know that. Like you are actually the leader of a whole unit here that's running thousands of dollars lots of times through in a year. It's like a business, you know? And um, you got to know where you're going with all that. And so I have like two directions. Happy, healthy childhood, number one. Or no, maybe number two. These are right next to each other. Number two, authentic relationship with God. Not boxed in. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's not a you don't do that because the Bible says you don't. It's a, I don't know, why don't we do that? What do you think? Why should we not do that? Is that bad for us? Is it good for us? Is it always all right? Should you never tell a lie? Is it ever okay to tell a lie? Is it ever okay to do this? It's, I mean, it's constant. Like, there's a constant, like, complete talk about all those things all the time of this is your relationship. As they get older, we got the whole guys and girls and kissing thing to motivate them towards the right way there. Heck, you, I, I'm not going to be there in those moments when they're going to have to make a decision, a determination for themselves as to who they're going to be. And so even with that, is from the immediate conversation about that stuff, it's an immediate release. This is yours, not mine. The, I mean, the moment we start talking about it, because I'm, I'm not going to be around. Their mom is not around for those nice encounters, I hope. 
Okay, so from the very beginning, it is, this is you, this is your decision, this is who you are, and what do you think about this, and how do you think about this, and what do you want for your life, it can't be mine, this is what I think, this is what you think, this is what I've done. And so yet, there's always a push towards like authentic relationship with God that is not based on one good or bad decision. It's a lifetime. That's a huge thing. Uh, I try to stress that, like motivating towards good decisions, and if you make a bad one, and then you make a good one, then you're still good. You know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I have one more little question for Amber. What we really appreciate you guys sharing with us. We're going to let Amber answer one more question before we do communion. So, if you have like well, one minute, Amber, sum up. What would you tell all of us parents? Top things you would suggest for us to help it, help us help our kids find their way. We actually talked about this when we decided we decided that the, the number one thing was um, not to act surprised when they tell you something crazy. We decided that that was the number one, not to have that disappointed look on your face. Um, the other thing I think is like, it's unconditional. You do not have to agree with me. You do not have to love Jesus to be loved by me. You do not have to stay a believer. You do not always have to make the right choices. That I want you to do these things, always, because I think that they're the best for you. But like, you're going to have to make your decisions one day, and those decisions don't determine my love for you. They don't determine <clears throat> that I'm going to have a relationship with you. That this is a forever commitment, and this is always home. And I am always home. And if you can find me, then we're good. And we'll work through things. And one day when I'm no longer here, if you'll find the one that you know anchored me, you'll always be good. And really, I've even had that conversation more with Colby as he's getting older that, you know, as mom, sometimes you're the anchor. And I've, I've begun telling him that I'm really not your anchor. The anchor are these list of things that I've taught you, and that's really actually God. He is your anchor. And it's this big thing of, like, trying to work your way out of a job. You know, I'm working my way out of trying to be the biggest influence in their life. Constantly, every day, I'm hoping I'm less and that God is more. Amen. That's good. Do you mind praying over all the parents and the kids? Okay. <laughs> Dear God, I just come before you right now, and um, I just pray that, um, first off, like, we don't really know what we're doing up here. Like, it really is way-finding. Like, sometimes we find the wrong way totally in this family. And yet, we, we seem to navigate back to you every time. And uh, we don't come, I don't come, like, as someone who really has it all figured out because I know I don't. And even today, I've been praying about my own anxiety about different things in my family and different things going on. And, and um, it always comes back to trusting in you and knowing that you have things. So I just pray that over every person here and there. There are people here that are, are well above me in their um, journey as a parent, but I know that their job as a parent is never done. And so I pray over their families. I pray over their grandchildren. I pray over um, the children that are represented in this room by extension. And we pray that goodness and mercy will follow them all the days of their life and that those of us who are building them up and are a part of um, raising them, that we would have wisdom beyond our years and beyond what we should have in our natural selves. And we pray these things in your holy and precious name. Amen.
Kelly's going to lead us through communion. Okay. Um, we're doing communion, you know, to resemble the Last Supper, right before Jesus died on the cross. Um, thank you all know this. Um, he died on the cross to wash away our sins. But before that, um, he gave his disciples um, his body and his blood, to so speak. Um, yeah. And so uh, y'all can come get your elements. Amen. God, I pray over the elements that um, we would remember that the bread is your body broken for us that day on the cross. Um, as you took away our sins and um, gave us a new life in you and um, the juice. Um, is your blood poured out over us that um, anytime we make a mistake we can repent and come back to you um, you, know, you can take the elements Amen. Thank you, Kelly. So, I have some announcements. Announcements, announcements, announcements. Thank you. Okay. Um, I just have two. Um, if you took one of the Christmas boxes that Petra was passing out, if you want to hand it in to me, I'll take it for you. She's not feeling well, so she won't be here tonight. And we have, let me pull up the right date. November 23rd, thank you, is the Wayfinding Camp Out. Oh, it's on the screen. Thank you. There it is. The Wayfinding Camp Out. Um, this started out as like a worship under the stars thing. I'm so excited. Um, David will not go camping, so we will not be staying, but we will be going and worshiping under the stars um, the night before, and it's going to be so fun. And um, that's the weekend before Thanksgiving, and it's going to be kind of the end all for our uh, Wayfinding series, and we'd love all of you to join us. Oh, it's going to be, it's not on there yet. It's at Jordan's grandparents' um, place, which is like, they say like an hour away. I don't know where it is. Do you know where it is? No. I don't know where it is. But it's about an hour away is what they said. So. Yeah, outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get more details next week when it gets closer. But let's get some more of Jesus. 
That's what it says. That's so funny. Uh, I want to pray over us as we go. God, thank you for this time together. Thank you for guiding our journey with you. Bless us as we go about our week.